The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on The Horn. Sports Complex on a Friday afternoon. It's going to be a good one today. My man, Digital Wizard, Jacob Stander back in the studio with us having a fun old Friday afternoon show. We're going to get into more Texas versus Baylor talk. We will get in to uh, some NFL predictions, get you ready for the week of NFL games. We'll, of course, go into some more college football. We're starting to get into some more good games. We're getting into conference play. The week three, that was not good games. We're done with that. We've got some big, big college football games. And, of course, your text all show long, 512-337-3776, 512-337-3776. That's text line. You guys drive the show. Send in what you want to talk about. Send in our question. We ask you the big fat poll. All that good stuff will be coming up on the show today. Jacob, how you doing today, brother? Man, I'm doing great. How are you doing? You know, it's Friday. We're off at, We're off a little bit early. We're off at 6.30 for Rangers. I know there's no high school football, no Vandergriff. I mean, there's high school football happening. Clearly, Vandergriff is off this week, so we will not be carrying high school football this, uh, tonight. But we will be carrying the Texas Rangers game. Huge series starting off against the Mariners tonight. Uh, as an Astros fan, you're kind of hoping they just beat each other up. Oh, yeah. Every, every game coming out of that division right now is very stressful. Yeah, and the Astros are playing a below five hundred team, which means they'll probably lose two in the series and, and win the game, win game three. And they're not giving you that performance yet that gives you confidence they're going to snap out of it. Yeah, no, they they have not. I mean, they looked a little bit better, like to get in the walk off on uh, on Wednesday afternoon. You went okay, we got a walk off maybe, but it was I mean it was Dubon who got the walk off. So it wasn't like one of your main guys. Yeah, it's a pinch hair. Yeah, so who knows? But uh, it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be a very good. It's going to be a good weekend of sports. Oh yeah, it's going to be a good weekend of sports. A lot of great games happening tomorrow. Uh, I believe I'm going to be out at the pregame show out at Doc's backyard uh, down at Sunset Valley off of Brody and 71 down there. Uh, that'll be four to six tomorrow afternoon. Get you ready for the Texas game, and of course we'll be watching. Well, I'm sure they'll have all the TVs on, so we'll have the Colorado game on. We'll have that uh, the Notre Dame game on. The Ohio State Notre Dame game. There will be a lot of. There's gonna be a lot to pay attention to. The Alabama Ole Miss game. Ooh, that became interesting over the last couple of weeks. That Alabama Ole Miss game is gonna be big. <laughs> we'll talk about it in a minute. But that is that is Texas implications in that game as well. Oh, that is Texas implications because Alabama loses. That win we had doesn't look as good, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, that resume is getting dirtied up a little bit. So we will see. Uh, let's get into some talk about Texas and versus Baylor, though, as we get back into it. Uh, you know, you're going to have to get into this is where this is where Texas is going to have to start to lean on the fact that this is a team led by veterans. This is a team led by guys who have been in the locker room. They're guys that have wanted to that basically there's several guys, especially on this offense, who are, you know, planning to be their last year in school. 
Yeah. And you look at, even on defense, so Jalen Ford, Jade Barron, Jaron Tommy, like, and then we go on that side, and then we can look on the other side on the offense. And you say Quinn Ewers, JT Sanders, Xavier Jay Witt, A.D. Mitchell, Xavier Worthy, all planning to be gone uh, at the end of this season. These guys are – this is where you have to start getting down and, and getting that veteran leadership ready to go against a Baylor team that looks like they're down, but we know Texas in the, in the past has played down to their opponent. So it, this a lot of this game is can you get your energy up? Can you continue to keep the pace that you've been playing with so far in uh, in non-conference play, get it into Big 12 play. No, it's a long season, but four quarters, can Texas not start off slow this week? And, and I mean, that for me is going to be really kind of the entire, the entire point of this game is can you get early down success? Can you get early success in the game? Can you get your veteran leaders to get this team pumped up? Even if your first drive or two doesn't work out as well, are you going to be able to get it up there? And I think, you know, we talk about Baylor and we talk about what that team is kind of built around. And even though the offense hasn't looked great, you're going up against a backup quarterback in Sawyer Robertson. You're, you know, they haven't, the offense just hasn't been clicking really. The defense is still a Dave Aranda defense. Sark talked yesterday about having a defensive head coach. And, you know, he's coached. With two of the best, Pete Carroll and and Nick Saban, so he knows kind of how those defenses work. Here's Nick or here's uh, Sark talking about the defensive head coaches and kind of knowing what you're walking into if you're in this Texas offense. If you're Quinn Ewers, these are the conversations you need to start having. Yeah, I, I've been. I was fortunate. You know, I've only I've only ever worked for defensive head coaches. You know, so having worked for Coach Carroll having worked for Nick Saban, having worked for Dan Quinn uh, in Atlanta. And so it is interesting to to work for a defensive head coach and to hear their mindset on different things and um, a great deal of respect for, for the defensive coaches that are cerebral thinkers, but yet still get their players to play hard and to play that style. And Coach Aranda definitely does that. Uh, it's a heck of a challenge. You know, we've gone against each other in the past when he was at LSU uh, and, and obviously, you know, the last couple of years. So it's a great challenge, but, but no different. You know, I don't, I don't take stuff like that personally. Uh, it's more about, am I doing everything in my power um, to help our team be successful? Right. And so as much as it is, I'm calling the plays, but I'm, I'm calling the plays with the best interests of our team. And I always, I think back to last year's game, I think we ran the ball in the fourth quarter 22 straight times. And so you, you do what you think is best for the team to, to ultimately try to win the game. And so this is where he says, he goes, basically, I know what we're doing in our team where people think that I'm offensive guy, so I'm going to leave my defense out there. Dave Aranda knows what he's doing. He's going to try and get his offense in a position to help this defense win the game. Both coaches are working the same. But you will know going into this, Dave Aranda's got this defense. He, if he feels he can get Texas, the question is, are they going to go out? We, we all figure they're going to play the Dave Aranda defense. Yeah. They're going to play that style, which Texas can attack. Uh, are they going to go full on that? Or maybe do they try and figure out and work some games in where they put three high or where they kind of work some other schemes against Texas to try and confuse Quinn Ewers? I, I, I think it's a big game for Quinn Ewers to see if he can – get back on track after a, a slow Wyoming game. I think he needs it, too. I think he absolutely has to get back on track after a slow start in Wyoming. But I'm legitimately nervous for how the first two quarters of this game looks because this is the defense Rod's been warning us about. This is the blueprint that he's been talking about where you yeah. can get pressure on Texas. 
Yeah, and you're going to be able to get pressure. I, I think that Texas still has enough, you know, skill positions right now that I'm not as worried about. I, I I'm more worried about Quinn Ewers finding the guys. I think once he's able to find them, if he's able to read the defense right, then we're we're okay. The question is, can they disguise enough things to to confuse Texas and confuse Quinn Ewers to where he starts to doubt it, hold the ball too long, maybe not make the right pass. I don't know about turnovers. I played this yesterday, but I'm playing it again today, uh, about turnovers and where it's a big piece for Texas so far this year is basically the major turnover we have is that Jaden Blue touchdown uh, turnover, that Jaden Blue fumble, which all it really resulted in was Texas you know, not scoring another touchdown or two touchdowns because Wyoming then got the ball and just kind of ran out the clock just yeah. trying to get anything done. Uh, but – the, the emphasizing the turnovers on both ways, I think, in this game, turnovers are going to be a huge part that in this Dave Aranda defense, can Quinn Ewers be smart with it, still get it to the wide receivers that he needs to get it to, can start get him in a rhythm enough and not put him out too much to dry. I think he'll be able to go over the top on him. I think if you're able to start building up, I think you run the ball early, and then and when guys start to creep up, you get man coverage. Dave Aranda's probably going to stick out more. You know, he may let you get some man. If you, he's not going to be able to guard Xavier Worthy, JT Sanders, and AD Mitchell going downfield at points. No, he's not. But those plays take time to develop. They do. I, I'm not as worried about the O line and the D line. I don't know if Baylor has the size. I know offensive line, they don't have the size. Uh, D line, I'm not 100% sure. I think they got. they've got some good players, but I don't know if they have the size. I think size. it's more based in confusion, though. It is. It is based, but I mean, there's still a point of we saw it. So, like, if you're looking at this Texas line as what was in Rice, where yeah. they just did not seem to be on the same page at all, versus what we've seen in the next two weeks, where they've, you know, I think there was maybe two plays where, you know, they really just didn't seem to pick something up in the Wyoming game. But for the most part, they picked up what they needed to pick up, and, and Quinn was able to get the ball out. Yeah. Uh, unless his, unless you go, you go too far into the progressions, and you're on progression four or five, and on those deep balls, you're not necessarily, you know, getting through progressions. No. You're just waiting for the play. But, you know, you'll know early enough if you're getting man coverage and you can kind of check down. If you go, no, look, they got a safety over the top there. I'm not throwing that way. Right. And if you got one there and then you got someone over the middle and hopefully you got a Jay Wood over the middle or somebody like that or, you know, you got a running back that seeps out and you can hope Jonathan Brooks catches the ball and you go that way. Uh, I, I think there's a lot to be said about the turnovers on both sides of this. Here's Sark talking about emphasizing turnovers and where this could be a – and this is going to be big all season long, uh, that Texas has had issues in the past holding on to the football in some some key moments. And I don't know if they're good enough to get away with it uh, every week. I think this week you would probably get away with one. You definitely don't want to have two or three because then, you know. Then we start getting into some scary, you know, three-point game territory. And that's when Sark starts to throw the ball more and more to try and make up for the fact that he's behind. mistake. Well, and it's, be, it's because you get behind schedule. And Sark, Sark has not really been behind schedule this season. He hasn't had the results he wanted, but they're still getting what they're doing. The defense is adjusting to what they're doing. They're being able to switch, you know, build the run. They're being able to build the deep ball. Those, you know, and, and against Wyoming, it was just, well, they're just going to keep sitting back and we'll just start running the ball. Yeah. So we get to the point where we need to get to anywhere where we can dominate one facet of the offensive game, and that's what we want to get to. Uh, I think with, with Baylor, you're kind of waiting. You want to see if they are able to get Texas slowing down the script where now you're not getting that run game started. They're able to play, you know, a little bit more natural coverage on the run game and stop the run game from, you know, averaging more than three yards a carry. And then – also play good enough in the defense where you're disguising things so you can't necessarily see downfield 
and you don't know and you're not getting plays out, yeah, that'll put the behind and it'll make Sark want to throw the ball more. Because as soon as that running game, I think, slows down at all, we may see the old Sark tendencies and the Coach Steven and Start all that. Start a little nervous. But here's yeah. Sark talking about emphasizing turnovers yesterday. Well, you know, I think, one, you know, we've emphasized it in a way to where we've worked a lot of drills. Um, and we, we do a lot of that drill work even in season before every practice. You know, Tuesday and Wednesday practice, we do a turnover circuit, offense versus defense, where we're punching, grabbing at the ball. Uh, on Thursday's practice, the defense does their turnover circuit uh, while the offense is getting warmed up. And so, A, the emphasis on on trying to do it. And then B celebrating the heck out of it. You know, we've, we've, I mean, I borderline thrown a pool party in the middle of practice for a turnover. You know, I just try to make it such a big deal when we create that turnover and, and then offensively, you know, not trying to make anybody feel bad, but the, the message is simple. Don't be that guy, you know, don't be that guy Monday morning when I show good, bad and ugly. And you're that guy turning that ball over or potentially turning the ball over where that ball's getting punched loose. So We've placed a huge emphasis on it um, so far, so so good. Um, I think we can be better, especially at protecting the ball. I think we can be better at punching the ball out and creating more fumbles. We're getting interceptions, but I think we can create more fumbles. And so we're not settling where we're at. We're trying to continually improve upon it. And that's something you're going to be going up against a backup quarterback yep. and creating turnovers. So we know on offense we don't want – Quinn Ewers to throw the ball too much. Of course, you want your running backs to be able to hold on to the ball. But on defense, that trying to create turnovers. Now, when you say you're going up against a guy, Sawyer Robertson, who's actually had some his average pass length, and he's been throwing it downfield. No, oh, he throws it. And so if you know a guy's going to be chunking it, you know, what can Pete Kukowski draw up? And if he's going to be able to start drawing the ball, drawing up some plays to get – you know, we know Jaron Thompson can be a ball hawk. We also know he can get blown past. Yeah. You know, so we know his two sides is, you know, if you throw that ball and it's a 15, 16-yard pass, he has a good, pretty good shot to pick that ball off. But if you go kind of over the top of him and run a fly route, he's he maybe doesn't have the speed to get there all the time. So what side are we going to see in this Baylor game? Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more. Of, I want to see what DeSoy Robinson does, Robinson does early in the game, uh, you know, to see if he's able to – to kind of go at Texas and throw the ball downfield if they're able to get something going against this Texas defense. You know, the run game's been pretty good. Run defense has been pretty good for Texas so far. You know, they, of course, allow the big play against Wyoming, but other than that, you, they've been able to pretty much stay in front of guys. And I think Anthony Hill and some other guys got in a little trouble for overcommitting at points and, you not know. Not filling the right gap, not plugging yeah, and, yeah. And just and just the getting overexcited of, hey, man, we're playing a, you know, a team that we think we can handle, so we'll right. just, I'll go, I'll go crazy. And like, man, four of you cannot all yeah. go rogue. Time to go make a highlight. Yeah, yeah. yeah one of, no. Like, one of you guys can. So the communication's going to be there. Sark talked about that some, too, that the communication's looking good in practice this week. Uh, here's Sark talking about Sawyer Robertson and, you know, what they have to look forward to of playing a backup quarterback this week. Well, I think the, the, the athleticism for sure, um, you know, his ability to, to create uh, outside the pocket. Um, the, the other challenge is, is a little bit of the unknown, right? I mean, he hasn't played a ton of football that way. And so you don't have all the information that, that you'd like. Um, but, you know, he's a competitive guy. Um, you remember him and recruiting him coming out of high school. 
Um, and he's a guy that I felt like probably played his best football uh, in the second half last week. And so maybe finding his stride a little bit more. So um, at the end of the day, you know, I think playing Baylor, you, you got to do a great job stopping the run. You got to make sure you defend the play action pass. And then in that, and then when the, when you cover it, right, you got to make sure that he doesn't have the ability to use his legs uh, to extend plays, whether that's running it or extending plays to find throws off schedule. And so that's where it comes down to. If you're able to contain him early downs, get them, you know, make sure the starting longs. Sure. And then in those starting longs, contain. Don't allow what, you know, that happened too much last year. It hasn't been that bad. I think Milrow got a couple out on him. Yeah. That's also an Alabama team. And that's that, what he wants to do. That's what Milrow wants to get Yeah, but I think Robertson's going to want to do that too. You know, you see that and you say, all right, it's third and long. You know, if if that if, if I don't get the, the read pretty early in there that I've got a pass I can make, yeah. let me see if I can get to the outside. I'm looking and, for my gap in the pass rush. Yeah, and, if yeah. I, and maybe if I do the gap, then someone will drop off coverage and I'll be able to find a guy too. Right. I, I think that'll be something that comes in. I think Texas can do all these things. Now, we, you know, we did the poll yesterday, and we were trying to find the number that Texas needs to win by, or the Texas needs to score, the offense needs to score, to, to make you feel comfortable in the offense. And the number's not that high. The reality of what people wanted was like 35-40. to 40. So you just want to feel, okay, you're going up against Dave Aranda. If you can put up 35-40, which I think is believable, I think 30 is pretty, pretty, pretty believable for this Texas team. Can you hold Baylor to under 20? Yeah. Yeah, I think without issue. And I think you're exactly right. I think 30 to 35, I think you feel good. Not yeah. great, but you feel good. Yeah, once you get over 40, you yeah. start to feel real good about it. And especially if, you know, you Quinn starts 50, to throw the ball. Like, okay, we're on yeah, schedule. No, well, that's, yeah. and that's, if, you're throwing, if you're doing 50, that means Quinn Ewers is starting to chunk it. And I'll, I'll actually play this clip, too, of start talking about rotating wide receivers, which is, you know, we talked earlier that this is a veteran-run team. and But you're when you talk about who's throwing the ball, and who is catching the ball? That all the pretty much all those guys are going to be gone next year. That's such a great point. That you say, all right, we're everybody's going good, but you're trying to build a team and growing up. And if you say Xavier Worthy, J.T. Sanders, A.D. Mitchell, Xavier, uh, Jordan Whittington, and Quinn Ewers would could all be in the draft next year. Yeah, that kind of leaves you where no one else is even getting playing time right now. Isaiah Noir is going to be gone as well. Uh, so now you're saying Jonte Cook, Ryan Niblett, uh, uh, Kane, Casey Kane. Those guys, Sark talked yesterday kind of, well, you know, you haven't been able to get ahead of a team enough to really start to rotate. You've had to have your guys in the game for a while. And, like, we talked on the show the other day and people, you know, asking about why Jay Witt is not getting as many passes. And it's like, well, Jay Witt's going to be in all these games because he's a great blocker. Yeah. And he can do so many other things so well. He just you, understands football. Yeah, yeah. His, his football IQ is through the roof. So, you know, those guys he wants to have in the game, he trusts those guys. Here's Sark talking about hoping – to, you know, maybe early in this Big 12, and, you know, maybe this is one of those games against Baylor. You don't figure you're going to blow out Kansas. You don't figure you're going to blow out Oklahoma. No. I mean, I know we did last year, everybody. It is, uh, it's 5-19 and OU still sucks. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you have to worry about it. Here's Sark talking about the getting some of the, road, the wide receivers in. And in reality, you'd like to see some of these guys get a little bit of playing time. And we'll play some about hostile environment. Get some of them on playing time. They didn't get the playing time in Alabama, so they didn't know that kind of environment. Exactly. That's why they're here. But you need to get them the playing time in some of these environments where people are mad at them. And, you know, whatever happens, people are cheering for you to drop passes and people are cheering for you to fail. They need to get some. Here's Sark talking about rotating wide receivers. You know, I think ultimately 
Anytime you start rotating receivers, you got to ask yourself, is that what's in the best interest of our team to be successful in the moment? And so the moment I take Xavier off the field or A.D. Mitchell off the field or Jordan Whittington off the field, is that in the best interest? I would like to rotate guys more. Last week's game was really difficult. You know, you only you only run 52 snaps in the game and you're in a tight ball game and you want to make sure that the guys that are running those routes are, are you, you have a utmost confidence in to go do it. And not that those other guys, we don't, I just have such a knowledge base of those other guys that they're able to do it. And so uh, I'm hopeful we'll be able to get to a little bit more of a rotation here moving forward uh, because I do think Jonte is close and, and ready to, to kind of burst on the scene. Um, DeAndre Moore's kind of gotten him his space to where we feel comfortable there with him. We've already mentioned Nair, uh, and we know Casey Kane is kind of a Swiss army knife and can go in there and play multiple positions. So, um, you know, inevitably every game takes on a life of its own and we try to do what's in the best interest of the team to be successful. And that's it. You want to be successful this year. This is a huge year for Sark. He understands that you, you know, as much as you need to prepare for next year, you need to handle all these games. Texas does need to start trying to find a game or two that they can pull away from a little bit and have a little bit more faith in putting some other guys out there. Sark talked about the hostile environment, too, and that's what you're going into now. We're yeah. in a Big 12 play. Now, you went to Bryant-Denny Stadium, which is a huge stadium, and you had 100,000 people that hated your guts. And part of that was you did have some Texas fans there. I know that Alabama fans were pissed off at how many people sold their tickets, but – you still you still had more people that are bigger than most arena or most stadiums here in a in the Big Twelve. Even yeah, with sure. Texas taking up thirty thousand seats, you still had more seats than a lot of these stadiums did. So here's our talking about this is where te- Texas mind set needs to be for all the road games left in this Big Twelve conference play. Uh, I I think I think the first part is this. I'm not surprised. I mean, and I I don't think you should be surprised, right? I mean, I've I've referenced this all the way back to to media days, right? Everywhere we go this year, everybody's going to try try to take one more shot at Texas. Okay, so we can sit here and and be a punching bag and just take it, or we can go attack people and and make sure that they know they were in a fight too Saturday night. And that's our mentality going into this game. And so I don't think our players will be surprised by the environment. We're not going to be surprised as coaches. Uh, Our fans shouldn't be surprised by it. I do think going to Tuscaloosa is beneficial because I think it showed to our guys what we're capable of going and doing on the road and arguably the toughest place in the country to go play. Um, so we should gain some confidence from that. But the biggest thing that I think we gained coming out of that game is nobody got enamored with the crowd. Nobody got enamored with the, with the, the, the talking from their fans. We were focused on what we needed to do and we stayed really tight. Uh, we were enamored with everything that we had to try to go get done in that game. We stayed together. We picked each other up when adversity struck, uh, and we responded to that adversity when it when it presented itself. And so we're going to get faced with adversity Saturday night as well. And I think the key to the drill is how we respond to that adversity collectively. And for that to happen collectively, we've got to do a good job picking each other up um, and not just rely on the player to respond on his own. Great example was Jaron Thompson at Alabama. You know, he gives up that touchdown pass uh, for them to take the lead. And his next play on the field, he gets an interception with a great read getting out underneath the curl route. So hopefully that's the responses that we get Saturday night when 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 we get faced with some adversity. So that's what you want to see. 
on Saturday. You want to see this team that doesn't really seem to care, that it can embrace it. We know the John Wick mentality. Yeah, That's what you want to see. You want to see them be able to pull out. I love on the text, you know, we got mad at Herman for benching key players. And I, I'm not saying you Benjamin key roles. That's why you want to be able to build out a lead enough to get them some playing time. Right. That's the whole point is against Rice and Wyoming. We should have been able to get some playing time for yes. guys that will lead the team next year on an all SEC schedule. Yeah. You'd like to be able to get them into the game and, and especially on the road games. If you can get a road game Man. where those guys just get, a, you know, get two series. If you get two series at the end of the game, and I know it's throwaway time, but it's still you're out there on the field and you just have a little bit more. So with that next year, when you are starting the game, yeah, and you know, tech, and Sark may go out and get another transfer, or may get somebody else in, uh, but you know, when you're out there starting the game, you need to be able to have some experience. And Baylor is one of the games where you'd like to be able to see Texas pull away a little bit, and part of that goes into scoring early as well, and not waiting until the third quarter, fourth quarter to start to blow it out. Whereas if Texas had a 28-point lead or 21-point lead going into the half, then some of those guys might have got in. Yeah. no. But it, you, you just you had to run, make that run late, so you want to make that run a little bit earlier. Yeah. No, it's kind of like the Chiefs in the NFL. They never really – they have a couple blowouts a year, but most of the time against the spread, they usually lose because they're one of those teams that will sleepwalk their way through the first half, and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are so good together, they know they can just have a monster second half and win the football game. And that kind of feels – like that kind of mentality versus Rice and versus Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Let's get to Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day on the Horn. Y'all were awesome yesterday when you asked, we asked you uh, what number you wanted to see, what, how many points you wanted to see out of this offense to feel good about it going out of the Baylor game. You guys gave. Some of y'all were up there in the 70s, though, which seems a little crazy. That's awesome. But 512-337-3776. 512-337-3776 is the text line. Go ahead and text us in. Here's a poll question for today. Who is the most important player for Texas versus Baylor? So which Texas player is most important for this Texas team? I think, I think the easy answer is Quinn. Okay. I think that's the easy answer pretty much every week. But you may say it's somebody on defense. It may be a Kelvin Banks or a Jake Majors on the offensive line to be able to help just, you know, pick out and, and read what's happening and, and get the offensive line set up. It may be someone in the secondary, a John A. Barron, to try and make sure, a Jaron Thompson trying to line up the, the say, line up the defenses and see what's happening, not let Sawyer Robinson go over the top of you. Right. Maybe someone on the D-line like a Devondre Sweat that you don't want to see the pass the, the running game for Baylor go too much. It may be John the Brooks, C.J. Baxter. We know Baylor, you can run the ball on Baylor. Other teams have done it. You can do it. So you should be able to run the ball. Well, is it one of them? Got to have out there and have another 100-plus yard game. I'm going to go with a group, a group of players. I'm going to go with the entire offensive line. The entire offensive line. I can't get off the fact that this team sacked you five times in Austin last year. And now I get it. It's college football. Year-to-year rosters are completely different. I get that. But that group has to be able to stop this amoeba front like Rod talks about where they put seven people, eight people on the line of scrimmage, they're only sending four and you don't know which four are coming. Yeah, and that's it. And so I I, I get you. It's the offensive line. I'll say that goes into Jake Majors okay. a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of the veteran that needs to be helping lead, but you can put it on whoever you want to put on there who, who needs to be the guy. Uh, but we'll go with that. That's the poll question today. Who is the most important player for Texas versus Baylor? Send that in, 512 512- 
312-337-3776 is the text line. 512-337-3776. We come back. We're going to talk some NFL. We'll get uh, some previews and look at some of these games, get our lines ready, get our betting ready uh, for this NFL Sunday. We will also get back into your text. And then coming up in the second hour, we will get into more college football. Big game day happening on Saturday. There's some big games in the NFL, big games in I've been looking forward man, to it, man. This weekend's going to fly by. This is uh, – and then we got good baseball games on, too. Important baseball. Oh, it's just a fun, fun weekend. Text keeps in a minute, 512-337-3776. Who is the most important player for Texas versus Baylor this week? Send that in. We'll be right back here on the Sports Complex. Myself, Patrick Davis, my man Jake Standard. We'll be right back on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex of the Horn. The Sports Complex on a Friday afternoon. Jamming some Madam Radar on a 512 Friday. Madam Radar doing a Sunday brunch show if you want to check it out. This nice early show. Get out early. Get a couple drinks in before the Cowboys game. How does a Sunday brunch show usually go? It's at the Far Out Lounge. Oh, so okay. it's an outdoor venue. It's a nice little place. You go out there. They have some food out there. They have some drinks. Yeah. It's not like a brunch. Like, it's not like you're going to get mimosas. You drink drink a beer on a Sunday afternoon. Sunday, you know, early... Early afternoon. and hey, It's a slightly aggressive choice on a Sunday morning, but I'm into it. No, it's not morning morning. I think they play at like 1130 noon. Oh, okay. So you do that, and then you, you can watch, you know, go back and watch the Cowboys at 325. There you go. And, you know, have a nice day. So you can check out some Madam Radar on Sunday on a 512 Friday. We would have someone ask uh, earlier about uh, uh, some funky stuff to check out this weekend. I will tell you, Tomar mm. and the FCs and Sugary and Cold Sweater playing at Continental Club on Saturday night. That is going to be extremely funky. I love both those bands. And there's a new band called Graffiti Funk that is going to be playing Sunday night at Seaboy's Heart and Soul. That uh, so It's a very cool project. That is that is uh, Graffiti Funk with a PH in funk. It's just they try and make things very hard to find. Well, they make it funky. They make it funky, but it's hard. To, it's like no one can. I can't say this on the radio. And I have to spell it when I say it on the radio. But yeah, graffiti fuck. That'll be fun on a Sunday night at Seaboy's Heart and Soul. So after, after, uh, <laughs> so after the Cowboys. So you can go watch Madam Radar early. Okay. Start drinking. Yeah, get sober your aggressive up during the on. Cowboys. Sober up. No you're, chance. You're playing the Cardinals. I know I'm going to be celebrating. You're playing the Cardinals. <laughs> Come on, man. We're going to be up 40 at the half. I can't wait. The other band, Sugary and Cold Sweat, which is they do covers, but yeah, it's going to be funky. It's going to be a fun time. Sugary and Cold Sweat are awesome. Uh, let's get into some NFL picks here. Keep your text coming in. 512-337-3776. Who is the most important player for Texas? versus Baylor. Also, if you want to get final scores, your predictions, send those in. Anything else you want to hit up uh, to talk about, we're out at 6.30, so get those texts in. We'll try to get as many as we can at the end of the hour, and at the top of the hour, we'll get to as many texts as we can. 512-337-3776. Keep sending them in. Love you guys when you when you get on that. When you get on the text line, it makes the show so much more fun when the texters are involved and I got my listeners with me. I love oh, yeah. it. 
Uh, let's start off. I'll start off with the easy one. And I, I, I mean, there is some, there is something to it, but I'm going to start off with the Texans because we're going to start with the Texans. We'll end with the Cowboys. Okay. Because, and I mean, Cowboys is easy too. But I was just saying, the Texans. I want to get it out of the way. Yeah. I went back to being a Texans fan, and it's. I think you're going to like this one. It's not gone well. It's not gone well so far. The injuries continue to mount up for the Texans. Uh, now Derek Stingley this week. Uh, who's been playing pretty well at cornerback is on the injured reserve for four weeks with the hamstring. Another one with a hamstring injury, so he is now out. Uh, Jalen Petrie, I don't believe, will be back after having that bruised lung. So that secondary is starting to get pretty beat up out there. Uh, you know, the O line, of course, we know is very beat up, and I think week five is the earliest we're really going to see it really starts coming together. Uh, Laramie Tunsil is supposed to be back, which would be nice. They were playing four backup offensive linemen, That's two second stringers, two third stringers. And one first stringer, who's a guy they traded for, uh, that was who was on that offensive line last week. Uh, but this is the thing with the Jaguars. This is what your hope is. is that the Texans historically have been good against the Jaguars, even when the Texans are bad. Yeah, it's a division matchup. Trevor Lawrence is 1-3 and three against him. And the Jaguars, that one is the one win the Jaguars have against the Texans since 2017. There you go. So there, there's a lot. So the Texans are beat up. C.J. Stroud looked okay. He's fourth in the NFL in passing yards. He's no interceptions. They're not getting down, but you know, I and I the injury to Noah Brown opened it up, and Tank Dell looked really good in that game as well. We know Nico Collins is starting to step up as a wide receiver. They need to figure out Bobby Slowick at the offensive coordinator needs to figure out a way to run the ball. I get your offensive line is beat up, but you have to be able to run the ball with Damian Pierce. Like that's supposed to be your bread and butter game plan. And they are just not getting anything out of that run game. Yeah, no, you have to get some sort of production. You you talked about it earlier this week about balance. Yes, you you have to be able to do both sides. You have to be able to pass and run to be effective. Yeah, and I mean with, with the stats we had, the teams that have more rushing attempts and passing through two weeks are sixteen and one. Bingo. And teams that rushed more attempts than the other team are twenty six and six. And so it's and that one was a Brandon Staley, which we'll get to. But Brandon Staley sucks as a coach. That's the only reason. Their head coach is terrible. You're not voting for him for coach of the year? I'm voting for him to get fired. Put my vote in as a proud owner of the Chargers <laughs> that I continue to call San Diego. I'm not an owner of the Chargers. Uh, Jaguars are favored by eight. How do you feel about this game, Jacob? Um, I got to tell you, I think you're going to like this one. Uh, I like the Texans and the points on that. I don't like I don't like a big spread in a division game because, like you said, I mean, that's they're only one and three over the Texans. Yeah, and I think too, once you get in that second half, if the Jaguars are even up, you know, a little bit, they're gonna kind of relax that defense. They weren't like everybody kept saying that the Colts were playing to prevent defense against the Texans. They were not. It was not a prevent defense for the entire second half. It was at the very end. But it wasn't. It was just the Texans were starting to figure it out. They weren't pass rushing as much. Right. And so CJ Stroud was able to get some passes off and it looked a little bit better. Go over. Titans versus Browns. Interesting game. Titans versus Browns. Browns favored by three and a half. But this is the Chubb injury happened. Uh, the Titans are starting to look okay. This is can Deshaun Watson turn the corner and lead this Browns team, or do they start going down again? If you're a Texans fan, go Titans because we're not winning the division and we need that pick, man. Yeah. We the Texans have the Browns pick, so you're hoping that Texans that the Titans can take care of business. Uh, Titans pounded the ball last week. They weren't even getting huge like gains on it. It wasn't like they were running, you know, down their throats. But that's what you have to do. But they just kept running it. Yeah. So at the Browns, you bring in Cream Hunt, but he, you know, he hasn't played at in a game. I since doubt he's going to get any year. kind of regular workload. So yeah. what what they're going to be able to do against this Titans team is I, Browns are favored by three and a half. They're at home. 
can Deshaun Watson turn the season and get the Browns back on track? Or is Browns start hitting the emergency, the, the panic button? Can I give you a couple stats? Yes, sir. So the Browns have the 26th ranked passing offense in the NFL. Yes. No, no surprise. The Titans are tied for third in rushing defense in the NFL. So Browns can't throw the ball, and you probably can't run against the Titans. Yeah. Give me the Titans' money line. Win it outright. Right. I yeah. like it. I like it. Yeah, I have the I have the Titans at least covering in this one. I, I just – it seems to me that the Browns don't have it right now. Yeah. They haven't got it figured out. Maybe they will. This Titans team might – look, Mike Vrabel is just a really good coach at kind of – I don't think he's a coach that, you know, gets you over and wins you Super Bowls necessarily without the players. Maybe if he gets players, he could. But he's just a hard-nosed coach that's going to get the best out of his players. So I got I got the Titans covering that one too. Uh, Falcons at Lions, another really fun one. The Falcons are 2-0. and Lions are 1-1. and They didn't expect to be 1-1 and after beating the Chiefs in week one. You say, we beat the Chiefs at home? Oh, of course. Yeah. We're going to, and they lose. Uh, the Falcons' pass defense, no one believes in it. They've done pretty well for the first three, two weeks. Yeah, second in the NFL. Second in the NFL, no one believes in it. They still think that's kind of fluky, that they're there. They've only played Jordan Love and and uh, and Bryce Young. Those are two quarterbacks they've played. So I get that you can say maybe it's quarterback and not necessarily the defense. Right. So now we get to see him against Jared Goff. Can this Falcons defense hold up and then use ball control, run the ball with Mr. B. John Robinson? Bingo. That's the answer right there. I'm rolling with B. John until he proves to me that he's a human. Because so <laughs> like far him. he looks like an alien that has just been planted into the NFL. Yeah, he, he looks so good right now. And I was talking to somebody, a friend of mine, and he was like, well, Bijan's not getting the load share. I'm like, this is exactly the load share we thought he was going to get. Yeah. Like, we knew Algier was going to stay. We knew Pat, like, we knew that uh, Patterson was, like, we knew they, they had other guys because Arthur Smith wants to run the football. Bijan's being used, and he is doing a lot with it. If you gave him more carries, it would be dangerous because he may be putting up 200 all-purpose yards a game. Oh. He had 172 all-purpose yards last week, I think. Man, that Skycam view that Fox put out of him yes. running through the hole, those are professional athletes that he's making fall over onto the ground. It's crazy. Uh, another game that is interesting to me, another game that I'm, I'm looking forward to is Chargers and Vikings, both 0-2. This is a this is a panic mode or your season is okay, like you're back on track. And both teams seem to be trying to lose by just making bad decisions. The Chargers, uh, we'll say Eckler's out for this game. So we know that Eckler's out. That's going to be a problem. However, the Chargers continue to not change up their defense whatsoever. Brandon Staley says, this is my defense and I'm going for it, and that's why they lost to Miami. You're now going up against a Minnesota team who cannot run the football. Now you've got Cam Akers. Cam Akers couldn't run the football in L.A. I don't know what's going to be different. Is he going to have a huge workload this week? I, I can't imagine. They just don't have yeah. a big enough O line. There's not really the O line for Minnesota is not that great. So right. they're not able to run the ball. They're not able to impose their will. And so you just say Vikings are going to throw the ball over and over again. But that's kind of what Miami did, right? Yeah. And Miami made it work against them because the Chargers never figured out a way to stop it. They just kept sending the guys out on islands. Oh man. And they just kept getting beat. And you're going up against Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson now. Who can beat you? Yeah. If they go one on one with Justin Jefferson, it's gonna be a long afternoon. If they if they go one on one and they play man coverage for the entirety of this game, Brandon Staley should not be allowed to walk out at halftime. <laughs> they should walk him out of the building. Security should arrest him for impersonating a head football coach. <laughs> if he if he allows Kirk Cousins to do whatever he wants in this game. Because Kirk Cousins is good enough if you play man coverage. Yeah. 
If they allow that, that is going to be nuts. I, I, I can't. I like, and I think they will. I honestly think they will. Like, I, I think the Chargers win this game every day of the week with a man with a reasonable head coach. Yeah. So who takes over at head coach once Staley gets fired at halftime? Kellen Moore. Kel- Kellen Moore. I, I, I have no problem putting Kellen Moore as the interim head coach of Chargers. The bigger question is who's going to run the defense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that is. Do you think the the Chargers figure it out or the Vikings? The Vikings get it figured out here. So only four teams since 1990 have made the playoffs after starting 0-3. All desperation is on the table for both teams. I'm taking the Chargers because uh, well, the Vikings lead the league in turnovers. Look, I, I like it. I'm just telling you, I think the Chargers play man coverage and don't figure out the way to do it, and I think Brandon Staley's an idiot. But if maybe you prove me wrong. Maybe you'll prove me wrong, Brandon. Go for it, Brandon. This was his plan. It was a three-week plan <laughs> to get through week three. It was terrible, terrible. I'm running for the Chargers. I want the charge. I, I think this fight, the, the Minnesota experiment to tr- get rid of Dalvin Cook and then not run the ball is idiotic. Yes. I don't think they're going to keep Justin Jefferson because I think they're trying to, they were going to go full board of we're just going to throw the ball. And when it doesn't work, they're going to blame Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. And then they're going to kind of go back into mediocre and try and tank for a season and come back. That's what I think is going to happen. I don't want it to. Oh, man. It was fun having the Vikings be relevant for a couple years, wasn't it? It was fun. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Uh, real quick Steelers, Raiders, Raiders, two and a half point favorites. This is this is a game of two teams that should should be 0-2 probably. They're one and one. The Bills I had 183 rushing yards against the Raiders. Oh my goodness. Matt Canada doesn't want to run the ball with Najee Harris. No. For, not at for, all. for whatever reason, <laughs> I do not know. Does he run the ball against this Raiders team? Not a chance. Oh, not come a on. chance. These teams rank 30th and 31st overall in offense, by the way. This is going to be a dreadful, dreadful game. Oh, come on, man. Give me the team with more grit, though. I'll take the Steelers' money line, win it outright. Oh, I like it. I like yeah. it. And finally, Cowboys versus Cardinals, 12-and-a-half-point line. It's the Mike McCarthy game. Trayvon Diggs is out. Can Mike McCarthy just not screw it up again and go out there? Can he put up some points? I want to see Mike McCarthy control the clock and put up real points. That's what I want to see. I think the defense will still be okay, but you lose one of your big turnover guys. You learn to lose a guy that is – Going to help out in that secondary. Arizona's been okay this season. I, I don't really think there's any problem of Cowboys winning, but I want to see Mike McCarthy because I think Mike McCarthy is needed to cover the spread. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, give me the alternate spread of like minus 21 or 28. I think the Cowboys are going to win this game by 30. Ooh, love it, love it. Send us on the text line what you got for the Cowboys game, for the Texans, or any other NFL stuff. We're going to start reading your text when we come back. 512-337-3776. And of course, the poll of the day, who is the most important player for Texas against Baylor this week? We'll get to all of that. Start reading your text. Read as many as we can before we got to take a break at the top of the hour. Then we'll still read some more, and then we'll get into some more college football talk right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7 on the Horn. Back on Sports Complex on a Friday afternoon, a 5-1-2 Friday. There it's Big Bill. They're playing Saturday at Valhalla if you want to go check them out after a good Texas win. Some good shows happen around town on a Saturday night. I know Ty, I know you guys, Ty, Jacob, all, all the guys are gonna be at Nickelback, probably. Hey, I like Nickelback. I don't I don't dis hate I don't dislike Do Nickelback. Do we have tickets? I don't think we have any tickets oh, to Nickelback. Okay. You know, they, oh. they've been sold out, probably. 
from day one. Yeah, no doubt they're sold out. That's why I was wanting to know if we had a couple. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, I, it's just so easy. Do people pick on Nickelback? I don't. I don't. Just, I don't understand it. I, I understand it, but I don't. I, <laughs> I, I'm also not somebody who's fully on board with the the full on Nickelback hate. Let us know your Nickelback hate on the text line five one two. Three three seven three seven seven six is the text line. Five one two three three seven three seven seven six. We ask you to text us in about whatever you want to talk about, but also our poll of the day is who is the most important player for Texas versus Baylor. Also, what your predictions are. I'd love to see some predictions. I want to see some wild, crazy predictions. I always like it when I see the the fans really drinking the Kool Aid on a Friday afternoon. I like the Kool Aid drinking on a Friday afternoon. How wild do you want them to get today? Are we talking fifty? No, I just no. Like honestly, it just a uh, you know a solid thirty five point win. I feel is pretty. Pretty solid in the Big 12. 60. 60 point win? 70. 70. <laughs> Let's go for it. Yeah, I bet we could break a hundo in this game. <laughs> uh, let's see. Where are some of our players, Jonathan Brooks is up there. Jonathan Brooks is good. CJ Baxter is going to be back this week, though. So we'll see how the, the load gets shared between the two, te- the two guys. We know Jonathan Brooks carried him through the Alabama game. He carried him through the Wyoming game. So maybe he's earned a little bit more respect. He is the elder of the two, he is a redshirt sophomore. So, you know, we all assumed he was going to be the guy, but I don't know if Sark had the full trust in him. And if you don't have the full trust, and if it's an even competition, you give the the edge to the younger guy because he's going to be there for longer. And I don't think it's a slight if those workloads are somewhat similar. I, I think I think ideally that's what you want for the full season, right? Is durability. Yeah. No, you want durability in there. I. I and, and I agree. I think the bigger part that everybody wonders about is Sark is known for having a thousand yard rusher every season. Oh, yeah. and who is it going to be? Is it C.J. Baxter, Jordan, uh, or Jonathan Brooks? Jonathan Brooks is closer right now. So, he's had two big games. So if they don't have a thousand yard rusher, but they have two backs that go for seven fifty, is that a win still? If they win double digit games okay. and win the Big Twelve, it is a win. <laughs> okay. Could care less about stats. They're okay. nice. I'm sure they very yeah, much help in recruiting. Enough. Uh, but I think if you win, it will help your recruiting just as much as having the stats. Then you can worry about having the stats. But, yeah, losing a game because you got to get those stats in yeah. seems like a bad idea. Yeah, I get that. Uh, let's go over and see uh, to answer your poll. Christian Whittington, I'm guessing you're going Jordan Whittington on there, uh, will be a player who's come up big and your score is Texas 38, Baylor 17. I just I, I Look, I'm on the train. I don't think Jordan Whittington is ever going to get a lot of catches in this Texas team anymore. I think he'll get three to five, but I don't think we're ever going to see him get more than five receptions in a game. Yeah, uh, five I, feels like pushing it even. And five feels like pushing it. But that's, I think, because I think once you point you're throwing at Whittington more, you may see a, a Jonte Cook or somebody get in in that place. Sark loves Jordan Whittington, but he loves all the things he can do. And again, if you're saying, hey, I need someone to kind of on a bump route, well, who do I trust? I trust Jordan Whittington. Yeah. I need someone to block downfield on a screen. Who do I trust? Jordan Whittington. Or someone to sit down in a zone. Like, don't keep, don't follow that route all the way out. Like, Jordan Whittington, Jordan Whittington is going to sit down in that zone because his football IQ is off the charts compared yes. to these other guys. And so there's just a lot of what you trust Jordan Whittington to do. You may trust him than any, more than anybody else on the team to do those things. Yeah. But the other guys, you say, I just need someone to catch a ball and go downfield. Then that may, you know, you'll, you can trust that. All right. Uh, I like this one. The, the most important person is the bus driver to make sure the team shows up. If that happens, we win. You know, I, I like the confidence. 
but you got to have more than one bus driver. Because <laughs> if, if you only have one bus driver, there's multiple guys. Like, and then the band's not there. It's going to be bad. We need multiple bus drivers to be yeah. MVPs hey, in this man, game. Can we both sit here and my shoulder pads? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, running back room, leave no question. Yeah, I think the running back room is where people are starting to look at it uh, off at the beginning to see if, if Texas can run the ball, they should be fine. Now, that goes into can Sark call the plays correctly to run the ball, and does he is he okay with – relying on the run and how long do you do that before you try and get your passing game active yeah. you have to try and move the passing game you don't want to forget, you know, give up on it completely because you're going to need it against Kansas you're going to need it against Oklahoma yeah no doubt and I think the running back room is where we have the most to learn so I, I see why people are interested in it that one's the room that feels like it has the most the biggest question mark yeah uh let's go with Quinn Ewers no quarterback no win like Baylor using a backup quarterback no QB no win that's what he says. No QB, no win. I read that to No Woman, No Cry when I saw that the first time. <laughs> don't know why. Just my way my brain works. Uh, let's get in one more, and then we are going uh, to get to uh, the break, and we'll come back at the top of the hour. We're going to say definitely O-line. Second thought, yours. No turnovers. A guaranteed win. Look, both are good answers. I think Quinn Ewers is going to – if you're going to say the O-line, then Quinn Ewers is there. He needs to be the one also helping to get this O-line in the right position, picking up the protections – figuring out the guys, taking the right guesses, being the leader on the team, where the O-line may say, we think these three guys are coming, and Quinn goes, nah, no, 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 that guy's about to kill me. Yeah, this guy I can the see it in his here. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think, Quinn, I think you're good with that one. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we get more of your texts on the top of the hour. We'll get into more college football games, uh, tell you where you can come out and hang out with me and Aaron tomorrow uh, to get ready for the pregame, how you can listen here on the station. All that coming up in the 6 o'clock hour here on The Horn, 1019 and 1260, The Horn app and hornfm.com.